a lot of this is just figuring out the way that you like to work and then making sure that your calendar is set up that way. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. I have always been the person who gets excited about a new school year solely because of the school supplies. (laughs) When I was, I think when I was in middle school, you got a planner, like as part of school starting, there was like a school planner that you received. It was the light of my life. (laughs) Like That was my favorite day was when we got this planner. Okay, so I have been a planner person. I used a planner religiously in middle school and high school. I used one in college. And then I just kind of stopped using one. I would buy one every year because Target has very cute planners and I, you know, love a good aesthetic, but I wasn't really using it. And I told myself that I just, I'm not a planner person anymore. I'm not really a schedule person. I wish I was a schedule person, but I'm not really a schedule person. So this is what I've told myself, but I've also noticed that I am consistently overwhelmed with my schedule. And this reached its peak probably a couple of years ago, and I was in the process of like removing so much from my calendar. Last year, 2021 in my business, I outsourced way more than I probably should have outsourced. And you know, I love outsourcing, but like it was actually too much. But it was because I was just trying to find this like peace and spaciousness on my calendar. And even with outsourcing so much stuff, it was not happening. And I realized through working with a coach and just doing some work essentially like working through this like constant overwhelm that I felt it was essentially because of like a lack of transparency I felt like there was stuff on my calendar that just like kept popping up and surprising me and I was missing things I just felt overwhelmed even though looking at my calendar looking at my schedule my to-do list whatever it actually was not that overwhelming and so I started working with a coach who helped me figure out a way to better handle my schedule. And for me, that ended up being the key to avoiding that overwhelm feeling. And surprisingly, a lot of it has been helped with both a paper calendar and my Google calendar, which I have always lived and died by my Google calendar, but this kind of takes it to the next level. So I wanted to share this with you today because if you're in a similar spot, you just like constantly feel burnt out and overwhelmed, but then you look at your calendar, you look at your to-do list and you're like, what the heck? Like, it's actually really manageable. Am I crazy? Like, am I doing something wrong? You're not doing anything wrong, but there, there maybe are some things that you could be doing to help yourself essentially. And so that's why I want to walk through my weekly planning routine with you today. So as I mentioned, this uses both a Google Calendar and a paper calendar. I love this because I've always, like I've wanted to be a paper calendar person. I used to be, why can't I be now? And now I feel like I'm actually utilizing my paper calendar that I buy every January 
Um, last year, 2021, was the first year that I used a paper calendar all the way through the year. Like I ended December 31st using my calendar. It was thrilling. Hold your applause, please. And this year I'm on track to do the same because I really, really like this system. Now, there are definitely times where I'm not using it as frequently. I'm recording this now in the dead of summer, and I am a lot less strict about this process and following this process in the summer. And sometimes that's okay, but other times, like a couple of weeks ago, I start to really feel that and start to feel that sense of overwhelm, even though like it makes no sense because I don't have, you know how my summers are, like I don't have a lot going on. Um, And so that's when I start to lean back into this planning routine to really help me feel like I have a lot of transparency. I know what's happening every single day, every single week. I understand what my goals are, what's on my to-do list. And so that's what we're walking through. Okay, so as I mentioned, Google Calendar and Paper Calendar. And I typically do this on Sunday nights. There are like so many times when I do it on Monday morning. And that's totally fine. Sunday night, it always makes me feel like, oh yeah, I've really got my crap together for the week. Like this is great. But there are plenty of times where it just doesn't happen. And so I do it on Monday morning and that is perfectly fine. So Sunday night, Monday morning, I sit down with my physical planner and with my Google calendar and I start with my priority list and tasks to kind of go through. But the first thing that I actually do is pencil into my calendar, um, my free time actually. This is completely flipped from what I used to do. I used to start with like, okay, what client stuff has to get done? What um, business things like have to get done? And I felt like I was constantly like running to keep up because I wasn't taking care of my own needs first. And so the first thing that I do is schedule in my free time. So what is free time? Things like going to the gym, getting groceries, having lunch or coffee dates, which I certainly don't do those things every single week, but when I do, I make them a priority, or at least I try to make them a priority. Please know I'm, I'm not perfect, but this has helped me a lot. Um, so I start with free time. So for example, I have time blocked on my calendar from 8.30 to 9.30 every single morning to go to the gym because that's the class time that I like to attend. It doesn't mean that I'm going every single day, because I'm going to be honest, I don't go on days that are cardio days. (laughs) I would rather go for a walk or ride my bike. I'm just going to be honest with you. But that time is blocked. So whether I go to the gym on those days or whether I go for a walk or ride my bike, that time is blocked. It's taken care of. I know that I'm not going to have a meeting between 8.30 and 9.30. And most of the time, my workday doesn't start until about 10 o'clock any like scheduler that I have or appointment maker thing, you can't book on my calendar before 10 a.m. That is me time. That is free time. That's mine. I'm even, I'm less strict about the noon hour because I don't mind working through lunch or sometimes I'll skip lunch if I had like a late breakfast, but that time is free time. And then usually I'm done taking meetings by about three or four. So That's what I mean by free time. And then I also have little pockets of time during the week too where I, you know, maybe I'm going to take the dog for a walk. I'm going to get groceries. Um, Jeff and I have an appointment for house stuff, whatever that might be. That goes on my calendar first, okay? So from here, I write out my to-do list of everything that needs to happen for work and family life this week. 
So I'm figuring out things like what deadlines do I have to meet this week? Are there any shoots that I need to prepare for? Are there any events or activities that the kids have coming up that I need to be aware of? This to-do list is usually like a mile long, right? Of course it is. And so after I have it all out of my head and onto paper, I go through and see which of these items I can take off my plate for this week. So sometimes that looks like pushing things that don't necessarily have to happen right now to the next week. Sometimes it looks like delegating tasks. A lot of the time that's things like, hey, can my husband pick up the kids on these days? Or can I order dinner or pick up pizza? Or are we going to you know, plan a meal out so I can take cooking dinner off of my list? Those are the things that I'm kind of getting a leg up on when I'm looking at my task list. And maybe to you, this sounds like, duh, Maddie, like, (laughs) how were you not doing this before? But I wasn't. And so I constantly felt overwhelmed. And yet it wasn't necessarily the work things that were overwhelming me. It was stuff like, if I'm really busy at work, it starts to like pool over into my personal life. I don't have time to make dinner. I don't have time to make sure that I'm done working by four o'clock to go get the kids. Um, I don't have time to make sure the dog makes it to the groomer because everything is spilling over. So by looking at my task list at the beginning of the week and getting a realistic picture of what I have going on and what I need to accomplish, it's easier for me to look at that from like, I never know what this phrase is, 10,000 foot overview, (laughs) whatever that phrase is. It's easier for me to get a bird's eye view of my schedule and then be able to say, oh, I am totally not going to be able to make this appoint- this doctor's appointment for the baby work. Jeff is going to need to step in or we need to reschedule this doctor's appointment. Things like that. So this has been really helpful for both me and my husband because I'm kind of terrible about asking for help in the 11th hour because I try to do everything on my own. <laughs> It like not asking for help until I realize I can't do it on my own, but that's always very, very last minute. So we'll be like going to bed at, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, hey, I am totally not going to be able to take the kids to daycare by eight o'clock tomorrow because I have an appointment downtown at 815. Can you do it? And then he's like, no, that's really annoying. You can't ask me 12 hours before, less than 12 hours before to help you out. When I ask him, you know, 24 hours in advance or a couple of days in advance, it becomes a non-issue. But, you know, of course, if I'm asking him for help really last minute, he's got his own stuff going on and we have a system of, you know, who's in charge of what, and that's throwing a wrench into his week too. So this way, we're just a lot more clear on what expectations are for the week, which feels really good. For years, I heard from all the people who knew a thing or two about business that email marketing was the next frontier and I needed to start an email list. I looked at so many email marketing options and ended up overwhelmed and less than impressed with the clunky platforms that didn't even come close to achieving the aesthetic I was going for. And I was irritated that with every platform I was being penalized as my list grew. I'd have to pay more money as more people signed up. That seemed really backwards. But then, Flowdesk came on the scene. Flowdesk immediately caught my eye because, whoa, she is pretty. Flowdesk helps you easily design emails that people love to open. And it's true. Their templates are gorgeous, the email builder is so intuitive, and the company is trusted by hundreds of online entrepreneurs. Flowdesk makes it easy to start your email list with simple and eye-catching landing pages, easy-to-create workflows, and audience segmentation. It's the first email platform I've tried that doesn't leave me overwhelmed. 
Not only do I get compliments on these emails, I make sales with them. When I launched a product last December, half of my sales came from email. As an Instagram diehard, that has never happened to me before. Head to flowdesk.com and use the code MADDIE for 50% off your Flowdesk subscription or use the link in the show notes. That's 50% off your subscription with the code MADDIE or use the link in the show notes. So here's an example of what this could look like in practice. Say I have a day where I'm at the studio from like 8 to 5. I've got a full day shoot. It's like crazy busy. I know when I'm looking at my calendar from that bird's eye view, one of the biggest things that tends to stress me out and also like ruin my day is lack of preparation when it comes to food because I won't eat. Like I will forget to eat if I'm busy. And so that has... (laughs) This is not good because if you're working all day and you're on your feet and you're working with a client, like you need to eat something. You need to eat something regardless, but especially if you're working hard. And I just wouldn't eat. And if I wasn't prepared for that session, like I definitely wasn't going to eat. So if I'm looking at my calendar from that, from that nice bird's eye view, I can see, okay, I've got a full day shoot on Tuesday. I need to make sure that I make a protein shake in the morning before I go. I need to see if Jeff is cool with dropping me off some food or I'm going to order Jimmy John's. And then that night I'm picking up Ruth Ann's, which is this place on the corner that has nine by 13 pans of like casseroles that you just take home and put in your oven. It's a godsend. And it's right next to my studio. It's the best thing ever. Um, So I'm picking up Ruth Ann's for dinner. And those are three things I don't have to stress about. And I still have food in my belly, which means that I'm not hangry. And I'm able to like figure all of this out beforehand. Whereas in the past, I'd forget to eat breakfast. I'd realize I don't have time for lunch. I would text Jeff last minute, hey, can you drop me off some food? No, of course he can't. Like he has a meeting or something. So that's not going to happen. I can't order Jimmy John's because the client's going to be there in five minutes. You know what I mean? Like you can see how this would just snowball. And I realized that I'm using the example of food and you're probably like, okay, get a grip. But this was like a real thing. That would just spiral to me feeling completely overwhelmed when in reality, it's like, okay, you, you just forgot to eat one day. Like, it's totally fine. You will survive. You can see how this could spiral a bit, I guess, if you're a crazy person like myself. So these types of things don't happen anymore because I'm starting my week by really looking at everything that I have to do. Okay, we can stop talking about food. So once the to-do list is in check, and I have removed everything that doesn't need to happen this week, or I have delegated things that need to be delegated, then I determine how much time each task is going to take, and I block those tasks onto my calendar. So because my non-negotiable free time tasks are already there, everything else goes in around those activities, not vice versa, okay? I am the queen of not allowing for enough time, I'm constantly late for like everything in my life. And a lot of that is because I will, let's say I have a call from like two to three and then I'll set up another call right at three o'clock, but, or another appointment right at three o'clock, but I don't account for the fact that I need to like get in my car and drive to the second appointment. Like I will do this crap. I used to do this crap all the time. I don't as much anymore because of this system. So one of the things that I'm doing when I'm blocking time on my calendar is also allowing for things like drive time or grabbing a snack or grabbing lunch, taking a walk with my dog, those free time type tasks, those are in my calendar 
already and I make sure to be aware of them when I'm scheduling things. I'm not like squeezing my free time into teeny tiny pockets. The free time is already on my calendar and I'm putting in the tasks that need to be done around them. So again, it's just kind of flipping things on their head from how we typically do them to make you feel like you have more control over your schedule. I am also the queen of putting like really vague to-dos on my calendar and then not remembering why I put them there in the first place. So I've also started to block my tasks with really specific directions on what needs to happen in that time frame. So for example, instead of writing work on the podcast, because then I sit down and I'm like, what the hell did I mean by work on the podcast? Am I recording episodes? Am I ideating? Am I talking to the editor? Am I working with Kenzie and approving graphics? Like, what am I doing when I say work on the podcast? So instead of saying work on podcast, I'll put down exactly what needs to happen in those two hours or whatever it is. Record two podcast episodes and send them to my editor. It's very, very clear. I've also noticed that I tend to give myself more time than I think I need. And so that's why that to-do list at the beginning of the week, like setting that up is really, um, for me, it's really important because let's say I have a block of time where I'm recording podcast episodes and I finish 30 minutes early. Well, I can either use that 30 minutes to go get a snack or have some additional free time, or I can attack something else on my to-do list. And because I know approximately how long those to-do list tasks are going to take, I can find one that will take the appropriate amount of time for that pocket of time, as opposed to starting a project, only having 30 minutes and realizing, oh, I have to actually stop this project at a point where it's not like a really good stopping point because I'm out of time. So that's been really helpful for me. Last thing, and I kind of already mentioned this, but I check to make sure that I have enough buffer time built in and I'm not doing things that I will regret later like scheduling back-to-back meetings. (laughs) Sometimes that, that works really well. Like on days when I have calls with my coaching clients, I will often do them back-to-back or just like a five or 10 minute bathroom break in between and that works really well. But I'm also not scheduling 10 calls in a day, right? It's like two, three, maybe four and that's about it. So I'm fine with doing those back-to-back but I wouldn't be if it was more calls or if the calls were longer, that sort of thing. So it really depends on your comfort level. I know that Um, some people prefer to space, especially with like coaching calls, prefer to space those out or even with photography sessions or working with clients. I know photographers who um, really like stacking sessions. So they'll have like a Tuesday where they're shooting three sessions. Um, I know other people who let's say they'll do like four sessions in a week and then take the next four weeks off while they edit those sessions. Like A lot of this is just figuring out the way that you like to work and then making sure that your calendar is set up that way so you're working in a way that you actually enjoy and it just doesn't feel like pulling teeth. This process has been so helpful for me and I definitely notice when I'm not following it as closely and like I said, sometimes that's okay and the season of life is a little bit more carefree. But to be honest with you, even though this seems like structure, having this structure has allowed me for a lot more freedom. I feel like I have a lot more freedom 
because I am so clear every single week on everything that I have going on. So I feel like I can make decisions from a more empowered place when it comes to my client load, my schedule, all of those things, as opposed to just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping that it sticks. So if you're in a place where you're feeling overwhelmed by your schedule and you've tried to like remove things and outsource things and you're still feeling that overwhelm, it's possible that you're, you know, not scheduling those I know self-care gets kind of overused, but really like those things are important. And as we scale our business, making sure that you're taking care of yourself, that the old saying of putting on your own oxygen mask first, that becomes more and more important, right? Whether that's in the form of making sure your meals are ready to go during busy weeks or um, you have time to go to the gym in the morning or after work, whatever that looks like for you. It's only going to become more important as you grow your business and your business demands more of you. You need to make sure that you're still getting everything that you need as well. So I hope that this system brings a little bit of clarity into how you're setting up your weeks and I hope it's helpful to kick that feeling of overwhelm to the curb. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.